Hi, this is Alana Oliver, and you are listening to Family on the Rock, a podcast exploring marriage, parenting, and theology through the lens of Christ our Rock. I'm here with my husband, Justin. Join us today as we seek to honor God with our discussion. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Lanny. How you doing tonight? Good, sweetie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. The boys were out with uh, Zia and Nana for their date nights, and we had some time with a nice dinner. And yeah, no, it was. It's been a good night. Yeah, it has been good, despite this being our second recording of this episode. Yeah, the first recording was great, but we ran out of space on our iPhone, and we were like, maybe it was too long. So this is going to be a slightly more succinct version of what we had previously recorded. Yeah, so we actually want to get, before we go into a little bit of a heavier topic, we just wanted to start doing episodes with a little bit of lightness and do a little game. We're going to start every episode with a little bit of an icebreaker called Would You Rather? Um, So you guys have probably played this game in some form before. So Justin, here's my question to you. Mm. Would you rather be able to read minds or would you rather be able to teleport anywhere in the world? Mm, That's a good question. I would say that being able to read minds, you'd probably hear things you don't want or need to hear. (laughs) And... Being able to teleport, you can really make the world your playground. So I'm going to say teleport. Yeah, free airfare, right? Like uh, you can go anywhere. I would ha- tend to agree because I think you'd probably like people a lot less if you knew what everyone was thinking all the time. I think that that could be a huge disadvantage. Mm. And my question to you is, would you rather be feared or loved? Would people rather be feared? Really? Is that a thing? Uh, yes, most dictators tend to lean in this direction. <laughs> I am not a dictator, <laughs> as much as my kids might think so sometimes. <laughs> no, I would much rather be loved. Um, what about you? That's like, is that change when you're a guy, or is that just like what? Well, woe to the world, woe to the one who the world loves. So oh. I think the Bible says not to do that. So I'm going to strive for power. Oh, wait, oh. it wasn't power, was it? It was fear. Uh, yeah, I'd probably just go for the love too. <laughs> I think that that's a safe bet. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, all joking aside, let's get into our topic tonight. Um, and it's a topic that is close to my heart. If you know me, uh, you know that I am passionate about um, stopping the mommy wars in our culture. Um, not not in our culture, um, more specifically stopping the mommy wars in our church. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about that tonight. Yeah, so the mommy wars is probably a, a new term to a lot of people, especially maybe those who aren't currently young parents. Um, so why don't you just give a brief, brief synopsis as to what we mean by the mommy wars? Absolutely. So the mommy wars are basically <laughs> what they sound like. They're, they're trivial... Uh, issues that moms take up with other moms surrounding things like medicated birth, unmedicated birth, breast, bottle, feeding, um, you know, cloth diapering, not cloth diapering, a whole host of random arbitrary issues. Um, And moms attack each other over these issues. And like Justin said, if you are not a young parent right now in the age of social media, you probably do not know what the mommy wars are. You probably are shocked to hear that it's an issue. But so if you had kids, you know, eight, 10, 15 years ago, um, you won't probably know about the rampant mommy wars that are going on right now, um, courtesy of social media. Uh, Well, that was actually going to be my next question. Do you really think the rise of the mommy wars is really have because of social media? 
Yeah, everybody can say anything they want behind a keyboard. Everybody feels like they have, um, uh, you know, they can just say anything. So with the rise of social media has given way to this phenomenon of the mommy wars where moms just attack each other on these arbitrary issues. Um, It's sad, uh, but I'm not... Like I said before, like I'm, I don't want to deal with culture. Culture is going to be what culture is going to be. Mm. I don't judge culture according to the scriptures. I don't hold non-Christians to the standard of the Bible. But what I do hold is my sisters in Christ to the standard of the Bible. Um, and unfortunately, sisters in Christ, we are still you know, falling short in this issue. Um, moms are... It's more passive-aggressive, I think. Moms aren't actually out there, you yeah. know, punching each other, mom punching other moms in the face but it's the little comments it's the little snarky remarks about oh you know so i'll give you a little bit of an example only because i feel like an example um if you aren't part of the mommy wars like if you if you if you're a mom right now you know what the mommy wars are i don't need to explain it to you but if you're an older person um here's an example i go to church with my oldest son um he was a couple days old and i walk in really excited and proud to show off my new baby And I'm approached by a woman in our church and she comes up to me and she says, the first thing she says is, are you breastfeeding? There was no congratulations. There was no, you know, I was praying for you. There was nothing. It was, are you breastfeeding? And I said, no, because I don't breastfeed my children long term. And she said, that's too bad. And she walked away. So that's an example of like the passive aggressive snarkiness. And I don't want... And I don't want to sh- like spend too much time on it, but it is important that we give an example because there are people, you know, and dads like D- Justin, you didn't know this issue existed, did you? No. And actually, to be honest, when I did, when Alana started to tell me about it, I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely amazed that this was actually an issue that people take up qualms over arbitrary things between, well, especially mothers. Yeah. So. The problem with the mommy wars primarily is that they disrupt fellowship. You know, you know, most of us know what the Bible says. We're to love one another. We're to build each other up. But the mommy wars disrupt fellowship. They create this barrier. And, um, you know, if you think it doesn't happen, it does. And if you haven't um, experienced it firsthand, um, then maybe you have passive aggressively. Maybe you're the one making the passive aggressive comments. I don't know. I think both ends i am not blameless in this i am a mom of our day and age and and so while um while we get our bravery from social media and, and people learn to say anything they want on social media i have seen it transfer over into um mommy groups even i host a mommy group at our church and i can't count the number of times i've had to bite my tongue because of conversations that have sprung up wow. surrounding um Mainly breastfeeding. Honestly, breastfeeding is probably the number one yeah. mommy war issue. I don't know why, but it just is. And people care a lot how other people feed their kids. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, you know what? Saying In saying that, when it comes to breastfeeding versus formula feeding, basically it's just talking about uh, your, your mode of feeding your child. Uh, I, I was brought to Romans chapter 14. Um, And starting from verse 1 to 4, it says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Verse 4, Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? 
It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So a couple things I wanted to say is, right here, Paul is talking about, uh, mostly in the context of whether you eat meat or vegetables or what falls on your conscience to eat, but this can also be translated into our breastfeeding debate. It's just a matter of food, and Paul literally says, one person believes that their child does better with breast, one person believes their child does better with formula, it really doesn't matter. And then look what he says in verse 4, who are you to even pass judgment on another? We don't stand before each other and are held accountable to that on the final day of judgment. We stand before our Lord and Master, and ultimately, whatever parenting decisions we make have to fall before Him, and we answer to Him and Him alone. Yeah, and we are not talking about issues that are unlawful. We're not talking about people. We're not saying keep silent if you see somebody abusing their child. We're not saying that. We're saying these are arbitrary issues that really don't matter. Um, In the grand scheme of things, your child needs to get fed. Who cares how you do it? Um, And honestly, it's amazing how many people do care about what other babies are eating that are not their own babies. Um, It's pretty sad. So... um, I, uh, I could tell you a hundred stories because I am a doula. I'm not sure if I've mentioned that before, but I'm a doula. That means I attend childbirth cl- childbirths for a living, um, and I also teach childbirth classes. And unfortunately, I have sat with moms um, after they've had an unplanned C-section and or after they've struggled to breastfeed, and I've sat there and I've listened to their stories and their fears and their fears of judgment from their peers, um, just as they cry over these issues. And I understand, like, if your birth doesn't go the way that you want it to go, um, that's that's something to be, you know, feel sad about that. But as a Christian, we need to know that that's not where our identity is, right? Oh, and and these women are, you know, it's hard for some moms to not find their identity in these yeah. things. All that is to say, I have seen firsthand, probably more than most, um, how the mommy wars affect women. Mm. I was at a childbirth class not too long ago, and the mom told me with tears in her eyes how she just didn't feel like breastfeeding was right for her, but she oh, was really goodness. worried about the judgment that others would put on her. She, um, There are groups in our community, like the Lechi League, um, I don't particularly have a problem with that, but she felt like um, some people that she knew would judge her because they were leaders of that, and she felt like that she wasn't going to be able to be honest with them about her struggles, and and that's true. I mean, if you're part of any group where they are condemning something arbitrary, as a Christian, you need to reevaluate yeah. that. But all I'm trying to say is that um, moms are feeling it, and if just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. And uh, I probably have, like I said, more of a deeper look into it than most, just given my profession. Yeah, and again, like Elena touched on earlier, we're really not trying to harp on the world and their standards. We're really focusing on within the church. And I, I'm also brought again to Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. We, a lot of us probably know this by memory. Judge not that you be not judged. Verse 2, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Now I'm reading from the ESV study Bible and it has a really great commentary on this. It says that judge not forbids pronouncing another person guilty before God. And then it says, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. This is talking about undue harshness and a judgmental attitude towards others will be will eventually result in yourself being treated in the same way by God. Yeah, Christian moms, we just got to think about it like, 
how many moms have we turned away from our church? Have we made feel unwelcome yeah. by our conversations at you know, mommy groups, play groups in our homes, whatever it is. I try and be very sensitive to these issues. Um, I had, you know, two great natural births. Um, and I try not to, you know, talk about that with too many people, especially if I know that maybe their birth didn't go the way that they want, because I think the mommy issues are less of a matter of being, um, like it's more passive aggressive in nature. It's like I said, it's those little comments. Now, um, so I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Doug Wilson, but um, he was interviewed by the Sheologians podcast. We love the Sheologians podcast. Um, and it was a couple episodes ago, a couple weeks ago, he was talking about his book called Confessions of a Food Catholic. And now this book was written about his experiences dealing with his church on issues of literally just food. I guess people who were eating organic food were refusing to, you know, fellowship with those who weren't eating organic food. Like we laugh yeah. at it, yeah. but, but these are things that people were, you know, they were not having mm. people into their home because, you know, they only ate organic food and those people didn't or whatever. So he talks about it. So if you're interested in the background of the book, go listen to that, um, Sheologians podcast. But one thing he says is when we let issues of food pref- um, preference, sorry, when we let issues of food preference disrupt fellowship in the church, we are sinning. Replace that word food with, you know, issues of parenting preferences disrupt fellowship in the church. So when we let issues of parenting preferences disrupt fellowship in the church, we are sinning. Yeah. We are called to build each other up. And when we focus on these arbitrary things, we tear each other down. And what does that look like? Not only to those within the church, but what kind of a witness is that to those outside the church? Yeah, another point I want to add is that whatever a parent decides for their child through prayer and study in the Word is between them, God, and their spouse. You don't have the right to have an opinion as long as it's lawful. Yeah, exactly. And um, we just need to trust each other that we... You know, the majority of parents are just doing their best. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you take that stance and you believe that and you love your brothers and sisters in Christ and you just trust that they are being prayerful about their decisions, why would we tell them otherwise? You know, why would we tell them that they are wrong? We have not sought God on their children's behalf. We have not sought God on the behalf of their family, but they certainly have. So let's just give each other the benefit of the doubt that we're only doing the best that we can. Yeah, and guys, this is not just an issue with the men, all right? Now, this may, or sorry, the women, you're right. This is not just an issue with the women. If you see, you know, basically, this is an issue of, of the heart. We have to realize this, guys. If our if we see our wives are maybe passing judgment, uh, and they're going directly against the two passages we just read on other women for such arbitrary issues, it is you, as your role of the husband and head of the home, to sit down with your wife and gently and calmly just say, look, hon, I understand that your heart's in the right place, that you genuinely care for these women and children, but we just got to make sure that we're staying within biblical parameters. Is this really a hill that we need to die on? Yeah. Doug Wilson said also in the interview with the Sheologians girls that um, God doesn't care what you eat. If he cared, he would have given us a law. Instead, he cares about the adverb surrounding eating. Are we rejoicing when we're eating? Are we gracious and giving gratitude when we're eating? Are we eating to his glory? Um, What we eat and what we feed our kids does not bring them or us closer to God. And I have unfortunately heard women talk about such 
trivial mommy war issues that they that they boast in them the way that the Bible says we should only yeah. be boasting in Christ. Now, one other, um, it's a longer quote, and I'm not going to get it word for word. I just wrote it as I was listening to the Sheologian's interview, but Doug Wilson says, um, and this will be about 90% exactly right, and the rest is just paraphrased. He says, we live in a culture given over to wickedness. We are under judgment, and because we are created in God's image, we know that we are under judgment. Also, because we are created in God's image, we have a deep need to be righteous. One of our creation creational attributes is that we need to be in the right, and yet we are wicked. So what do we do? We pick some arbitrary issue and turn it into a moralistic mm. crusade, and we demand that everyone else get on board with this moralistic crusade. And he used the examples of recycling and environmentalism um, for what, and, and food as well. But I would like to submit the the moralistic crusade of the mommy wars in in all its various aspects and he ends the quote by saying and these are his words the um these moralistic crusades are a way for people to live immoral skanky lives and to feel righteous they are compensating so what he's saying is that we find we we as moms um maybe we're insecure maybe things didn't go the way we wanted them to go so we pick something that we feel we're really strong in um or that we're doing right and instead of turning to Christ and looking to him for our righteousness, we are wicked in, our, in and of ourselves. So we're looking to make ourselves righteous through our own actions. And we know that we are not, we cannot be made righteous by the things that we do. Um, but every person has this, like he says, this creational attribute to want to be in the right. But, you know, if you're living apart from Christ, if you're not finding your righteousness in him, you're looking elsewhere. And, and that's where these moralistic crusade issues come in. Yeah, and actually, it reminds me a lot of the book of Acts when we look at um, the Apostle Peter. Uh, we see that, well, in a couple of instances, if you remember, and I'm basically summarizing, uh, is that, remember, he was choosing to sit with just the Jewish uh, people, and he refused to sit with the Gentiles because of the, the maybe the, you know, the stigma that was, yeah, they were unclean, the behind them. And you remember that Paul rebuked him for this and said, look, they aren't unclean just because it's part of your tradition. And then you also think about when God brought down that blanket of all the unclean animals and he said, rise, Peter, eat. And he, he said, no, no, I, I couldn't eat anything unclean. And he says, it's not that goes, it's not what you eat that defiles the person. It's what comes out. And I'm sure a lot of you are flabbergasted at the fact that we even have to address this issue, mm. but, and I don't urge you to do this, but take it from me. Um, all you have to do is join a mommy group on Facebook to see people tearing each other apart over these issues. And there are many of them. And, uh, and it's really sad. Um, I've had people tell me a lot of horrible things. I've heard people say to other moms on, nobody's ever said this to me, but I've seen other women say it to other women that if you can't feed, you shouldn't breed. That's actually something that people believe. Like if you can't feed your child, biologically through your breast you shouldn't even have children women believe that um i don't i'm not saying that christians have are believing that in our church i'm not saying that yeah. christians are like i don't think in the greater church extreme body circumstances. i think that that's an extreme circumstance but that just goes to show you like even still if we have any part of the mommy wars if any whiff of that is within our church where we're making moms feel inferior because they're not feeding their child or diapering their child or having the kind of birth that we think that they should be having you know we really need to look at our own hearts because that 
God will take, God will come after the things that you are holding in your heart as an idol. And if you're judging somebody on the way that they feed their kids or the way that they birth their babies, that's an idol to you and and God will come after that. Yeah. And and honestly, um, we all have to remember that the Lord gave us a conscience, guys. Uh, The conscience is an amazing tool that the Lord has given us to steer us from right from wrong. Uh, Guys, the point of the matter is that just because a certain family does a certain thing doesn't necessarily mean it it's good for every single family. We have to realize this and this easily translates to the mommy wars. Moms just tear each other apart for the most mundane things and literally it all depends on what's best for your family. And for example, what was best for our family was to do formula feeding. Yeah, and we still do with our third. Um, But honestly, uh, I have some medical issues that don't allow me to nurse long-term any of my kids. Um, Because if I did, literally nursing, pumping, it becomes all-consuming. And it takes over my life in a way that is unhelpful to my family. And so um, Justin actually is the one that tells me when I need to stop nursing because he sees me getting stressed about it. He sees me getting antsy and anxious about it. He sees it consuming our life and he says, okay, time to switch to formula. And I submit to that happily because he knows me best and he can see what I can't see, which is how it is um, once again taking over. And I don't feel like that's something that we need to be ashamed of. Our children are happy, healthy, they are loved. And more than anything, they have two parents that are together together uh, seeking God on their behalf and loving one another. And that is, <laughs> we're, we didn't even get into the science because don't even get me started on that. But that is the most important thing. They have parents that love the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people may think, well, you know, you're the husband. What do you know? It's not your decision to make. Well, the thing, the, the point is, as the husband, I'm the one who's trying to do what's best for the family and this is what I felt was best. And you are responsible to the Lord on judgment day for the state of our family and the state of our family is just better when we feed our kids formula. It just is. Amen. It's not the same for everyone but it nope. is for us. Exactly. So why don't I pray us out? This is a weighty topic and we, we'll just uh, end with um, thanking God for this time. Father God, we love you and we thank you for um, each listener, God. We thank you for each other. We thank you for the structure of family and for the goodness of um, community, Lord. We pray that we would build one another up in love and that God, no matter how we feed our kids, how we birth our children, um, all these mundane issues, God, that we do not let them get in the way of fellowship. May you be um, all glory and honor and praise. Amen. Thank you for listening to Family on the Rock podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or feel free to visit us on our Facebook page at Family on the Rock. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.